Well, hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think and live and make decisions. And when everyone disagrees, how can we cut through the noise? How do we sift through all the information overload and choose what governs our lives? Well, as we pray and process these things, we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Before I say hello to my co-host over here, if you only ever listen to this podcast, <laughs> I get it. That's how I listen all of my podcasts, even if they have video options. But I want you to do yourself a favor and pull this one up on YouTube and just mm-hmm. watch Jeff interact with the camera as I read through our today's intro. Oh, and by the way, hi, Jeff. Hey, Joe. <laughs> I actually was watching this this podcast on YouTube the other day, and I thought, you know, it's a little bit boring just to watch it. So <laughs> my goal on this podcast is to liven it up a little. Um, that's great. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> this is like, um, did you ever watch, I guess the only versions I've ever really watched ever before are like the sports radio hosts where it is just a radio show or it is just a podcast, but they sit, and then there's a TV show that just shows them sitting at the yeah, desk. Yeah, like the old ESPN and, stuff. Yeah, and, like they'll yeah. have stuff all over Mike the and desk. Mike in the morning. And, yep, yeah. That was one of the ones for sure that yep. I would listen to. We and, should do that every morning, Joe, you and me. We should I'm, do morning morning drive. Let's do it. I'm in. What time? <laughs> I don't know, like 10.30. <laughs> <laughs> so bright and early. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, uh, Jeff, we got a, uh, a question today from one of our listeners. Um, first of all, she gives a little bit of praise. I appreciate this podcast so much. But one thing that I've been struggling with is feeling like I'm a disappointment as a woman to my family and even my church community because I don't have children. It is not a desire that God has placed on my heart, but I still love children, and I want to be an encouragement to parents. I'm just looking for some insight through a biblical lens. Mm. Thanks. So, Jeff, um, how do we how do we help navigate this a little bit, and how do we help encourage our listener here? Well... It's a really, it's a good question, and and your question of how do we navigate it is, it feels a little complex to me. Mm. Um, so, um, I think as a Christ follower, I think we have freedom in how we kind of interact with the question of children, like how many children you have, whether you have children or not. There's there's some freedoms in, in all of that. I think you feeling like a disappointment to your church or your family is not healthy. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that a, a church, certainly, um, or a family looking at you and saying, uh, I'm disappointed with you that you have chosen not to have children and I'm yeah. frustrated with you or you are doing something lesser in the eyes of God. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of one conversation that um, you need to think through, and a lot of that is uh, family expectations. You know, I want to be a grandma. What about their cousins? Like all that kind of stuff. You know, and there's not a lot that can be done about that. It's it's a a little bit of a ramification of the choice that you're making. Um, whether it's fair or not is a different conversation, but it's it's kind of a natural outflow, you know, that I I don't really know how to help you navigate around that without you sounding defensive about things. What I would caution is this, um, and this is what, this, to me, this is super hard, and this is where it feels complex to me. I don't think 
you can fully know the wonder of being a parent until you are one. So deciding not to be one is you deciding to close a door in your life that may be a place of great, great fulfillment and great, great wonder for you. And that decision I would weigh with with great, great sobriety. Um, part of why that hits close to home for me is because I, I would have been a person who had no big desire to have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really like kids. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not, and, and I know that sounds funny, but I'm not like a kid guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I never, like, volunteered to work with kids. I never had this desire to be, like, a, a elementary school teacher. Um, I babysit a couple times and hated it. I worked at kids' camps a couple times and hated it. Um, I was even like a big brother, big brother, big sister thing, like in college. And I was like, I like kept my commitment, but I didn't sign back up again. You know, like it's just not a a gig for me. When people say having your own kids is different, that is a very, very true statement. Mm -hmm. So the side of your heart, the side of your personality, the, the side of how you view life that changes so dramatically when you have children um, is something that you cannot discover until you have children. Mm-hmm. And the reason why that's such a complicated thing is because having children's irreversible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I remember uh, when Heidi got pregnant, um, for the first time, one of the things that was so overwhelming to me was I knew that my life was going to change and that it was irreversible. Mm-hmm. And I was happy in life and fulfilled in life and even giving my life away. I wasn't living like this selfish life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that like once this change happened, this change could not be, uh, I was, it was a permanent redirection. Now, what I did not know, I did not know that being a parent was going to be the most fulfilling thing that ever happened in my life. I did not understand the depth of love that God would unlock in my heart. Um, I did not understand the joy and the wonder of all of that because I couldn't, mm-hmm. right? Uh, me caring about other people's kids has very, very little relationship mm-hmm. to how deeply I would care and wonder about myself. So. When we make the decision not to have children, I'm not sure it's fair to look at somebody and say, well, you're being selfish or you're being shallow. I'm disappointed in you. I don't, I don't think that's fair at all. No, yeah. I do think it's fair when parents caution non-parents mm-hmm. about the wonder of what they're missing. Sure. Um, because it, 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 not because they're being... Uh, somehow wrong or like a jerk for missing it, but because there's a wonder and an awesomeness there that you can't experience until you have the kids. Sure. So I think that's where that gets like a complicated thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you have making that decision. Now, there's people who can't have children biologically. There's people who are single, um, who may not have a biological child. Like I have a friend here at church, she adopted a child mm-hmm. and is extremely happy with that. Like, So there's all these different nuances of this. 
Um, but to our listener's question, um, I think that's where that becomes a complicated thing to us. Yep. And, and I think it, 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 it gets doubly complicated because um, our culture presents children as a choice. So whether you're pregnant or, or not, like you can keep your pregnancy or, or end your pregnancy, so it's a choice there. And I think a lot of times our culture um, uh, presents children as a burden. Mm-hmm. And so from, it, ironically, in your opening, like from stand-up comedians who will like joke about, you know, children to like uh, people who have an unwanted pregnancy that, that they let go through and it becomes, a, a, you know, the, and a child, the child is born that was conceived. Um, so I think there's a lot of negative press. Mm-hmm. I think you also have people around that when they um, have children, the children become their identity. Yeah. So like Supermom on Instagram, you know, the right way to raise a child and just these weird things that are talked about out there. I think what you don't have is a ton of examples where people have kids, love kids, the kids are incorporated into their life, and the person did not give up their life, did not give up their career, did not give up their calling, and also did not give up the joy of having children. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's actually a healthy balance of the way a family can actually work. Yeah, both of those extremes um, idolize ch- um, the, like your position over children, um, and so if if this person's decision not to have children is as simple as um, I don't want um, the burden of children or I don't want to have to give my life 100% all the time to the whims and needs of my child. I think those are two unfair portraits, like you said, of what parenting is and can be. Um, But I think you're hitting on another nuance there that I think might be important for lots of people to hear in a lot of different ways is parenting is not your identity which means the converse, not parenting, is not your identity. So our listener isn't like a lesser of a individual because they make this decision, even if they are missing out on a great blessing. And then conversely, maybe some of our listeners listeners need to hear, and your identity is not in the fact that you're a parent. Right. And so your value isn't even as a mother or a father. And we've both seen... Um, parents, especially as their children grow older, they like lose themselves a little bit because like, who am I now that my children are becoming adults? Because they've put so much of their identity in raising those children. Yeah, I I would really say that in a healthy family, um, children do not dominate a home. What children actually do is they join a marriage. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, a family begins at a marriage. That's correct. Yeah. And a family a family begins at a marriage, and it's multiplied through children. And so um, I think Heidi and I, in trying to raise our kids, we had them join us. So our marriage had a calling, our marriage had a purpose, our marriage had joy, our marriage had fun, our marriage had habits, our marriage had desires. And the kids get to join in that. Mm. We don't stop everything and pay attention to the kids. The kids join in who we are and what God has called us to do. Um, when parents have a child-centered home, um, there's all kinds of unhealthy things that happen there. And when a, when a parent is, loses their identity uh, to that child, um, you know, there, there's something unhealthy there. 
the converse is true. You know, I can, it's not, I'm a workaholic and I got a kid at home or I'm a, I live an independent life and I got to go deal with my kid. You know, both those extremes are unhealthy. But when those things join together in a healthy way and we're doing life and ministry and occupations and all that, and the kids are a part of it, there is an enormous amount of fulfillment and joy. It's literally to me indescribable. Um, and, and I think that does not get celebrated enough. Mm-hmm. Now, I think when you look at the Scripture, like when, when God elevates in this case, because the question was asked from, from the position of motherhood, mm-hmm. when God elevates motherhood, He's not criticizing an individual who's mm-hmm. not a mother. In fact, you look in the Scripture, there's a lot of compassion for women in the scripture, mostly who were unable to have children. I'm not, I'm not sure you could make the same decisions, but they were unable to have children, and you'll see a lot of compassion, even from Christ himself. Uh, the woman at the well was, was a woman who couldn't have children. Mm-hmm. And so you'll, you'll see lots and lots of compassion in that place. You'll see women who wanted to have children, and then a miracle, think of Elizabeth, you know, and, and, and Sarah in the mm-hmm. scripture that you have the miracle of being able to have a child. God elevating uh, and and accentuating motherhood is not God de-elevating and condemning women who are not mothers. Um, And I think think sometimes we're afraid. um, We're afraid to celebrate what God celebrates, and we're afraid to do that because we're afraid we might offend or might hurt someone else. And I think there's times that, like, in my life, I uh, on Mother's Day, I'm not looking and saying, well, what about the dad? Mm-hmm. You know, on your birthday, I'm not saying, well, I was born too. So I think there's times and places in Scripture where God celebrates something specific, and it's something that should be celebrated. I don't think there's a higher um, calling than motherhood. I don't think it's the only calling. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a more wonderful or fulfilling thing than being a parent. I don't think it's the only wonderful and fulfilling thing. Um, but I do think it is a gift from God that we we could be like the animals mm-hmm. who procreate and then don't nurture and raise. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when we send puppies home, they don't miss their mom, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the mom doesn't miss them. You know, and when when uh, when animals are built are born in nature, they don't have a maternal and a paternal attachment. Nothing like a human being would have. So when God chooses to give children, he he creates a, a spiritual bond. I like to say there's o- there's only two relationships in our life that we have no choice over: who our parents are and who our children are. Mm-hmm. Those are one hundred percent God's decisions. That's why those bonds are spiritual. Uh, you break you you break off a friendship, you'll get over it. Uh, you can even get over a divorce. Uh, you have a bad relationship with your dad or a bad relationship with your mom. It will wound you your whole life. Mm-hmm. And you lose a child as a parent, it will wound you your whole life. Mm-hmm. And the reason is is because those relationships go to the soul. Yeah. So in motherhood and in fatherhood, you are reflecting God in a different way, and you are experiencing God in a different way, mm-hmm. and that is the gift. 
that God wants to give in that. Sure. It's not him looking and saying, you are valueless Mm -hmm. because you don't have a child. It is him looking and saying, I am blessing you deeply by giving you one. Sure. Jeff, do you think that there's a potential for God wanting or calling an individual to something unique if there is, like, for instance, let's say this listener has, you know, heard the shepherd's voice, as Jesus says in John 10, like, I feel like God is saying, don't pursue having children. Do you think that that would be because there's something for them else to pursue, or is it just to kind of rest in typical normal life? Like, because usually it seems, even when Paul talks about singleness, for instance, he equates that to, like, well, that's because God's calling me or gifting me for that to call me to something else. Like, is there a little bit of a swap there, or do you think that that's a little bit more um, standalone? Um, If I was going to equate it to something, I would equate it to being called to be single, Mm -hmm. where Paul says it's better that you're not married, and and that way you give your life unabashedly to the the work of building the kingdom. Mm -hmm. I think that that is a calling... Um, I think there are few people uh, on planet Earth that have the desire or the ability to be single and to live a pure life and a fulfilled life. Um, but I do think there are some. I know some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, that calling has to be clear, and in my mind it needs to be affirmed because the me being single is not me doing whatever I want to do, and it's not it's not me not wanting to deal with my own dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're happy and fulfilled and you're actually giving your life to the Lord and you're living in sexual purity, be single all day long. Um, if you don't want to deal with commitment... Yeah, that's not the same. ...and you're unhealthy and you're impure sexually, then you're just living in sin. Sure. So I, I suppose you could equate it to this. Now, I don't know this, I don't know who this uh, listener is, so I'm not being judgy here, but the question says, it's not a desire that God has placed in my heart. That's very, very different than a calling. Sure, yep. You know, God, God has not placed a desire in my heart for all kinds of things that he might want me to do. Mm-hmm. So if she's saying, I f- for whatever reason, I feel called... I would, if if I was interacting with her personally, I would look and say, well, let's explore how that's playing out then in real time to see what that is. That's great. If it's not a desire God placed in your heart, um, I I probably don't know fully what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that I would impose that desire on you. I'm sure. saying I don't understand what that what that would mean, and then I would. I would say if it's if it's calling or even a desire placed there by God, it would need to be um, very definitively filled with serving the Lord and serving people in a in a, a very unique and aggressive way, because I've decided not to have children take up that time and space yeah. uh, in me. What I would caution her about is, and, and I, I understand the complexity of what I'm about ready to say, so even to the listener who wrote this, please hear me, and, and I hope you can sense my empathy and sympathy here. 
Um, what I would caution you about is that desire may not be there until you have a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you may be shocked. There was a a friend, uh, she and her husband are at very much a big part of Grace. She told me for years, I don't want to have kids, I don't want to have kids, I don't want to have kids. I think she felt the the her age, and it's like, if I'm going to do it, I, and decided to do it, well, now four kids later... You know, because all of that kicked in. I would consider myself that way. I have six children, and, mm-hmm. and I know what causes it, and none of them <laughs> were accidents. Because I didn't know that the desire to be a dad was in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and once that was revealed and awoken and, and necessary, mm-hmm. uh, I would say the thing that I am most grateful for in life is that I get to be a father. Mm-hmm. It, it's what I love the most mm-hmm. in, in my life. And, um, and Heidi and I are very busy, very independent, very high achieving. That's our wiring. And we welcomed our kids into that. And we have a, a very happy, loving family. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't do it like everybody else does it. We didn't read the Christian parenting book and do the model. We didn't. Mm-hmm. We did our own thing, our own way. But I think winded up with the results that God wants out of it. Yeah, you ran after Him. Yep. Yep. But that desire was awakened mm-hmm. in in me. The only time I've ever had to set down in my life because I was so taken off guard. You know, people are like, "You better sit down." The only time that has ever happened to me in my life is when Heidi told me she was pregnant with our firstborn son. <laughs> <laughs> I like, like my legs got wobbly and I had to sit down and I was like, oh, snap. Like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, when I watched her give birth to our child as he came out of her body, I can't, I literally do not have words to describe how much my life and my heart, and my desires, and my love, and my instincts changed mm-hmm. in an instant. Yep. That would be the conversation I would have if we were sitting down personally sure. and talking about this. And our um, family tree would look incredibly different, because I sit over here with one child, um, but so much of what you just described, I would echo. Uh, and the, my wife and I, we waited nine years before we had our daughter, and... Um, we were both, you know, Haman had a great marriage, um, both very, very active and busy and all those kind of things. Um, I was just about to say, let's go ahead and throw in the towel. It took us a while once we decided to try to get pregnant. Um, and so I had a similar wobbly need moment when she's like, actually, it did happen. I'm pregnant. And uh, yeah, the, the love that I have for my daughter is, there's nothing like it. Um, it's, it's absolutely wonderful, but I lived, um, most of my teenage years, once you start thinking about, do I even ever want a family? Uh, and probably most of my adult years, laissez-faire about the possibility of having children. And now I'm like, man, she is, well, I like to tell her that she's my favorite, uh, girl. (laughs) I tell tell my daughter that too. And then I tell my (laughs) wife that she's my favorite woman. And that way way I, uh, don't get in trouble. So (laughs) yeah, we have five boys and one daughter. And so we, we talk about Heidi and, 
Naomi and I'm like the the girls mm-hmm. and then yep. the, the boys. Yeah, the I I think for our our listener, I don't want you to feel condemned. No, um, no. I don't want you to feel like I'm disappointed in you or the churches. I don't think that's our place, and and I don't think that's our heart. Um, and I think we've talked about everything else. I don't think you're going to stop grandma from wanting to be a grandma. Of course. You know, yeah. kind of a thing. And so I'm like, yeah, you're probably, if you're going to make that decision, you're probably going to have to live with it a little bit. Um, but I can't see in Scripture clearly where God would condemn or rebuke. I think what he would say is, there's a blessing I want to give you, and you're, you're, you're going to miss it. Sure. Um, and I don't think that's disappointing. I think it's kind of factual. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and then I would say, if you're going to leave that space in your life, if that's a calling or a desire from God, then that space gets filled up with serving people and building the kingdom mm-hmm. in a very uh, intentional and intense kind of way. If we relate that to the, to the calling of singleness... The, the people that I've seen who are Christ-like in that calling, that's what they, they... They're just all... They're not... That's what Paul says. You're not encumbered. Mm-hmm. And it takes work to be married. It takes work to have kids. So Paul's like, yeah, if you don't have to have that... You're free to... You go all for it. Mm-hmm. And I look at uh, men and women that I respect a lot, and that's what they... That's how they have responded to that unique place God has placed them. Yeah, that's really good. Well, I hope this is encouraging to our listener and to all of you um, as we continue to figure out what does it mean to make these decisions uh, under um, God's leading in our life, and what do these desires mean? If you have questions that you'd like us to address on the show, you can always do that at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. Uh, and we'd love to help you take unique next steps or connect you with folks to, to work through these life decisions together. If you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more of it, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review our podcast. Uh, and if you're looking for a community of a church to join, uh, you can always do that here on the weekend at Grace. We'd love to have you. Or you can check us out online, especially if you're out of the area. Well, thanks so much for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. We'll see you next time.